Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going through the book of 1 John, and tonight there's a section and passage that is just so relevant, and I'm always kind of amazed, I shouldn't be, but as we go through books of the Bible and verses, it's amazing to me how relevant everything is still to today. That's the great thing about God's Word. It's not just, well, that's out of date. No, it's not. It still has something to say to us. So we're going to look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 29 tonight. And we're going to begin with, the last hour is here. That's relevant. I think all of us would have a sense with all that's going on. We are closer to the end than it seems like it's just, wow, any moment. You just have that sense of what's going on. So here's what John writes to his readers. He says in verse 18, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. Now, when he's saying hour, he's not talking literal hour, is he? think of it this way. If God's eternity is forever, and let's say it's, you know, an hour like the Lord's out a thousand years, an hour seems to be a short time to God, but a long time to us. He's saying, look, we're in the last times. We're in these days that are short. And so in God's time frame, we're getting down to the end. And then he says, be aware of that live your life. I think Christians would live a much better life if they would live their life, recognize God could come in any moment. It just makes you live different. You know, you're about to do something, you're thinking, you know what, God could return. I, I, better, I better stay ready. I better get ready. And you know, when you're a kid, that's always something you go through. And so it's just a healthy way to live. Not in a, oh no, this is going to happen, but in yes, I am ready. And I look forward to that time. And so he tells them, look, the last hour is here. And then he says, you've heard. Now, I want you to look at that verse, and I want you to pay attention to it. Notice something that if you're not careful, you'll just read over. You have heard that the Antichrist, right? Capital A, the Antichrist, is coming. And already such Antichrist, small a, different person, right? Different people have appeared. So anti simply means, I hope you know this, against or instead of, in place of. So they are against Christ, in place of Christ, instead of Christ, they're here. And so Satan tries to destroy the church. He tries to hinder us and the work of God by using antichrist, small a people who are living in a manner that is against Christ. Not living for him, not living like him. We'd have another word for that today. They're a counterfeit. They look to be like Christ, but they're not. They're in place of, they're different from. It's more of a principle than it is a person. 
And so we have to understand Antichrist people are here. We've read before where the spirit of Antichrist, the work of what's going on in this world that is against what God stands for, is already at work. It's already here. Matthew 24, verse 9. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Notice what he says. You'll be arrested, persecuted, killed. You'll be handed, hated all over the world because you're my followers. Now, that's not a very good selling point. Okay, come follow me, and I'll tell you what you're going to get. What am I going to get if I follow you? Well, you get to be arrested, persecuted, killed, and you'll be hated by everybody. Oh, okay, I'm in. You know, but he's up front, he's blunt, isn't he? Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear, Antichrist, and will deceive many people. Isn't it amazing how many people get deceived? You would think it'd be as clear as day, but so many just don't get it, don't see it. Sin will be rampant everywhere. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached, declared, proclaimed throughout the whole world so that all the nations will hear it and then the end will come. He says, look, this is going to happen. This is how it's going to come down. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Don't think that the time that is going on is going to be easy or simple. Don't think you just coast through to Jesus Christ returns. Understand difficult times come. People will hate you. People will hate each other. People will fall out of love. But you have to endure, keep fighting, keep going until the end. Because there is a war going on against Christ, because there are many against him, anti-Christ. Clear? I, I mean, that's just something you and I have to accept. It, we just don't, oh, well, well, if I'm a Christian, everything should be good and everything should be easy and everything should go smoothly for me and I shouldn't have any difficulties and, you know, I love God and, and so I don't have to worry about a thing. Well, there's still a battle that's going on and raging. And as we get to the end, here's what happened. As you get to the end of the war, the battle intensifies. And so he says very clearly, John says, look, the last hour's here. We're living in these days. And when you look around and when you see what's going on in our world today, you can't help but nod your head and say, yep, it sure is. Okay? The people who have left. <laughs> see, now, what we just read, Jesus talks about it, and John's going to talk about it. There's going to be a lot of people in the last days who seem to be with Christ, but aren't. They seem to be followers of Christ, but they're not. That's not new. That was going on even in the early church. Notice what he says in verse 19. These people left our churches. Who, who are these people? The ones that aren't true believers, the ones who are against Christ, the ones who have their own way of doing things, the ones who think they know better than everybody else. They've left our churches, but they never really belong to us. 
They were a wolf in sheep's clothing. Otherwise, they would have stayed. When they left, it proved they did not belong to us. But you are not like that. The Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. Now, one of the titles and one of the names, if you will, for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit always tells you the truth. Now, we're good at misinterpreting what He says to us. We're good at saying God told me when really it wasn't God, it was just me. And so he says, look, the spirit of truth is there. He will help you. And he says, I'm writing you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. You know the difference in right and wrong. And so he says two things about the people who have left. Two things you have to understand about them. Two things about these people that seem to be with but really aren't. They separate themselves. If you're the person of God that you need to be, what you do is you always unify people. You never divide. You don't create division because you want attention or you want your way or what's going, you know, you want things to be done a certain way. That's not unity. You see, the only thing that divides us is truth and lies, as John is talking about. And so you don't bring division. Cults, it's amazing to me. Most cults are founded by someone out of the church. And what they do is they take a portion of truth and twist it so it's a lie. And so he says, look, you know better than that. You know the difference between right and wrong. You have the spirit of truth within you. Don't give in to this other. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, Hold it. Need, need a mic down here, John, please. This is actually, this question is kind of related to what you're talking about. They, they're asking, it seems like many organized religions have watered down their faith. Will they be a form of antichrist? When we're talking about antichrist here, we're talking about people. You know, you, you can, can't blame the organization for such, but people. It, it's more about that because organizations won't go through eternity. People will. And so it's people who create the problem, people of the organization. And so we have to understand it's more about the people than it is about the organization per se. So they separate themselves, they create divisions, they take a, always take a group of people with them. It's always amazing to me how someone can get somebody to follow them and believe them. Just incredible. And then they stretch the truth. They, they just kind of take it and say, you know, this is the way it should be. Had a guy in the church once, not here, okay? Just so we know, just so you're not sitting there thinking, wonder who he's talking about here. Somebody you don't know who really believed he was a prophet and thought he had great insight into truth that God gave him that no one else had. And all he did was create confusion. Not truth, but I want a follower. I want people to believe me. But it's never about us, is it? It's always about Christ. And so he says, look, there's some people that have left those people left because you were standing firm for what's true. When you stand firm for the truth in a loving, kind, gentle way, 
there will be people who will not stay around. They would rather follow their own ways, do their own thing, be their own type of person. And again, that's kind of a head-scratcher at times, isn't it? Well, I thought if I'd just do what's right and be honest and that with people that everybody would love me. Jesus told the truth. They killed him for it. So he's, James says, look, they left. They didn't belong. You know the truth. You know what's right and wrong. You know, you know the difference between the truth and the lies. Stand firm for that. John chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus is talking. He says, you know what? There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. In other words, it's this. I'd really like to tell you this, but you're not at a place where you'll understand it if I give it to you. You, you just wouldn't get it. When the spirit of truth comes, there it is. Who's the spirit of truth? Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. He will bring me... Now, that doesn't mean he's going to give you a date and time. Right? He's just going to give you a sense of, hey, things are getting rough. Things are coming down. He gives you a sense of what's going on and where things are headed. He gives you that insight to know some of those things. But he will bring glory to me by telling you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit never promotes himself. He always promotes Jesus Christ. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. In other words, to the disciples, I'm going to go away, but there's another one coming, the Spirit of truth, and he will continue to guide you and to lead you and to speak the truth to you so that you can know the truth. If someone's honest enough and open enough, they can know the truth. God will reveal that to them and help them understand it. But sometimes we're people who don't, I don't know that I want to hear the truth. But he is the spirit of truth. He lives in us. Therefore, we can know the truth and we get off track when we listen to the wrong spirit. There is the spirit of God at work, this Holy Spirit. There is the spirit of Antichrist at work as well. Do you know he talks to you too? And you have to be careful with that. He always speaks lies, but he disguises lies as truth. When Satan was appearing to Adam and Eve, he said, well, did God really say? You know, he begins to call into question things. Oh, that's probably not the way. You must have heard wrong. He's very subtle, very deceiving. And you and I have to know the difference. So then he goes on to the people who are liars, people who are liars. Verses 22 and 23. And who is a liar? In other words, you thought they were that way, but they're not. They were living a lie. Who are they? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, that's a liar. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Now, small a, all right? So it's talking about people, right? The, when somebody says to you, I, I just don't believe in Jesus, that's the spirit of Antichrist. 
When they question who he is, his divinity, it's just the spirit of Antichrist. They're not looking at Christ for who he is. They have bought into the idea that he's really not that. 23, anyone who denies the son doesn't have the father either. So if they deny Christ, they are not a Christian. They deny the father either. But anyone who acknowledges the son has the father also. And so John's very blunt here when he writes and says, look, who's the liars? Who's the ones that are not living the truth? Who's the ones that are speaking in a way that's wrong? Well, they're antichrist because they're against Christ. They put something in place of him. Well, I don't think he's the Christ. I think he's a good person. Well, you're wrong. You're lying. You're not saying the truth. And so when you talk to some people of other religions, they might knock on your door and some one very simple way to know the truth. What do you believe about Jesus? And if for a moment they say, well, we believe he's, he, he's maybe God's son, but we don't think he died. In the, okay, you're wrong. I don't have to listen to anything else. You know, one part of something makes everything a lie. And so we have to come, and he says that. He says, the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you're against him. You're either for him or against him. John 14, 6, a very familiar passage. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So you might hear somebody that's very famous on television tell you, oh, there's a lot of ways to God. That's the spirit of Antichrist. You don't have to question anymore. Most of them, what they're going to say, you don't need to hold on to. If you really know me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. In other words, you're looking at him. You want to know what the father's like? Here I am. Philip, you know, here's what he said. Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all of this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show you to him? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you do, you've seen me do. So you can tell somebody the truth, and they can still call you a liar because they have the spirit of Antichrist. And so Jesus is telling his disciples. He says, you want a picture of God and what he's like? You want to see him? Look at me. Look at the life I've lived. Look at how I deal with people. Look at my compassion. Look at my mercy. Look at my desire to help and to heal. Look at my compassion. And you cannot believe in God without believing in Jesus Christ. Very simple. And no matter what someone might say, and it might sound, oh, that's logical. No, it's not. Once that threshold has been crossed, everything's a lie. And so you must believe that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Now, when we say that, that opens us up to a lot of persecution. Because there's a lot of people 
in the world and in this country who when you say that, you're being offensive. You're being judgmental. And yet that is the truth. And we have to stand for that no matter what. Then eternal life is promised. Eternal life is promised. He says, look, you know this, they've left. That spirit is still there. You know the truth. I'm the truth and the way and the life. I'm the way to the Father. You know that. Stand firm in that. So, verse 24, you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. You know, sometimes we get into trouble because, well, I'm looking for something a little bit deeper. I'm looking for something a little bit more. And I'm kind of one of those people who thinks, you know what? For some of us who grew up this way, what you learned in Sunday school, it's about as deep as you need to get. When you were a five-year-old. You know, but we all, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Hey, it, the gospel is pretty simple. There's only one way to be saved through Jesus Christ. And once you're saved, you're to have the fruit of the spirit. And then you're to love everybody. Now, until you get that down and perfected, you don't need to go anywhere else. It's pretty clear. Pretty simple. And in this fellowship, in other words, this fellowship with the father, this fellowship with the son, with the spirit, we enjoy the internal life he promised. Now, underlying, highlight that word enjoy. We enjoy this life. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Now, that's still true today too, isn't it? There's a lot of people who've got a lot of opinions who want you to follow them. And you can't do it. And so John writes, still great words today. I'm telling you these things to warn you, look where we're at, look what's going on. Don't let anyone take you away from the truth. The truth doesn't change. Verse 27, you have received the Holy Spirit. He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. In other words, listen to the Spirit of God, the salvation of God, and you don't need someone else to try to get you off track with something deeper or more different from what's been taught. The Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. In other places, Paul writes sometimes, look, we've given you the gospel, we've given you the basis of it, don't stray away from it. It's the truth. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. In other words, you're going to open your arms up and rejoice because he's returning. You're not going to be trying to hide from stuff. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are children of God, are God's children. All those that are righteous are God's children. So he, he gave us three things. Let me give you three things as kind of a summation of all of this. The first one is you remain faithful to God's word. 
Stay true to what his word says. The Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. And so, John 17, verse 16, here's Jesus talking to the Father. He's saying, they, speaking of all of us, do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Why do we go through a book of the Bible on Wednesday nights? It's truth. It's truth. Stay true to it. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Reading God's word helps you know how to live. And so he says, you remain faithful to what you've heard. You remain faithful to the truth that's found in God's word, what we proclaim to you. Secondly, remain in fellowship with God and his people. Remain in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. You know, what do you say? Some left you. They're liars. Stay true to the fellowship. It's one of the things we're wrestling with in the day and time that we're living because people are sometimes thinking, why do I need to go to church? I'm I'm okay. I can get what I need on TV screen, and sometimes that's where you need to get it from. But there's nothing that's ever going to replace the fellowship that we have as the body of Christ meeting together and being together. And you stay, it encourages you, it strengthens you, it helps you. So you stay true to what's right. Well, but I don't feel this and I don't have this and I don't. Stay true to God's word. Stay in fellowship with his people. Thirdly, remain firm to the end. Don't get tired of doing what's right. Keep going on. Keep being faithful. Don't listen to the enemy. Oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, no one will know. Oh, he, he's very subtle. For many of us as Christians, he won't tempt you with the big stuff. He'll tempt you with the little things so that it'll get bigger. Matthew ten twenty two, All the nations will hate you because you're my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. So you and I have to come to that place. I have a friend of mine I went to Bible school with, and he's in retirement. And uh, we were talking, and I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm getting a doctorate. I'm thinking, at your age? That doctorate just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, you know, why are you doing that now? And his answer was pretty sharp. He says, because I want to be faithful to the end and I don't want to quit. I want to be faithful. And so you and I stay true to the truth. The Holy Spirit will help you, guide you, lead you. His word is there for you. The fellowship of the believers, the accountability that's in that and staying faithful to the end. That's how we live. And what John writes to these folks is still true for us today, isn't it? It's still right. So how are you doing with that? How, how are you processing that? Where, as we've talked tonight, where, where do you find yourself? And maybe you just need to take a moment just between you and God and say, God, you know what? I need to make sure that I stay here, 
I, I'm, I need to make sure I don't go off track. Whatever it is, would you just take a moment, just between you and God, before I conclude in prayer. God, I want to take a moment and just talk to you about this so that I stay where I need to stay. Would you do that? Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.